from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. Listening to Live from the Path, recording from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Hey man, I just remembered that, that I changed Booba's name in my phone to Fart in the Wind like three years ago. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah. That's phenomenal. And now I can't I can't barely find you when I need a text job. I'm like, why don't I have everybody named Troy? Troy from this, Troy from what? I'm like, Where, where's Booba? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah. And then I look up Fart in the Wind. Fart in the Wind. <laughs> Do you remember the context to that change, or yeah, were you I'm just feeling sure, it at that moment? I'm pretty sure you were busy with school and not coming to the show, and I'm like, oh, look, and the fart in the wind ain't going to be here today. Uh, okay, that's that's totally fair. I yeah, heard that. I, just, I also have a couple guys. I have a guy on my phone. It was Andrew Theft, because he had stole something I was going to get. Andrew <laughs> Theft. And that said, is endearing. And I said, hey, man, you stole this piece of equipment I was after. And, he, yeah, and I said, I'm, that's it. I'm changing that in my phone. And hmm. so I changed him to Andrew Theft and forgot about it. And then he called me one day, and I said, hey, man, you come in as Andrew Theft on my phone. He goes, well, I returned it. I changed it to Andrew Not Theft. And so I actually have a really hard time remembering his last name because I don't put it in my phone. What's up, Mr. Not Theft? How you doing? Yeah, I change people's phones of vendettas. If I change people's name in my phone. It's a very passive way to do that, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate that's that. Not, I'll say it as well. Okay, fair I'll, enough. I'll follow it up with a, some kind of... You know, I'll change your name on my phone so I remember who you are. Well, I don't know about that. I didn't know about this from three years ago. You never told me I was farting the wind. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Fair I, enough. I'm pretty sure I said something like it. You never know. All right, you're, uh, hey, you've been listening to Life in the Path. <laughs> Unfortunately. And Dean. Um, so here's what we got going on the show. Welcome to the, uh, hey, this is the April 29th edition, 2019. Uh, hope yours is going all right. We're going to double me. down on the, on the cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Filial cannibalism. Here's the deal. I thought that show, I mean, I thought it was awful. And I wasn't going to provide any excuses for it. And Mike listened to it and he goes, hey, man, I was all right. I thought it was a great discussion. <laughs> I thought it was I'm astonished by that because we, we kept going. I was like, wow, this is a continued conversation now. No, it's, no, We've it's, been it's, talking about cannibalism for 20 minutes now. And, and somehow it turned into the, uh, the abortion culture. And then we talked about, um, it was a lot of stuff. I mean, it was all weaved together. I thought it tied itself well. It kept my attention. Perfect. All and right. I'm, well pretty done, hard, ben. I'm pretty hard on the show. When I hear bad show, I call people. Right. In fact, I changed Ben's name in my phone to Ben Bad Show. <laughs> Come on. Is that in parentheses or is it just Ben no, Bad Show? No, Ben Bad Show. Ben first hey, name, that Bad sounds, Show. That'd be kind of a cool last name, Bad Show. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have a lot of hard time finding anybody in your phone. I do. I was going to say, the most obscure one I have is I have a friend I called Beans McGee one time and then just immediately changed her name to that in my phone. And I haven't talked to her in years, and every once in a while I'm scrolling through my contacts and I look at Beans McGee and I'm like, eh, haven't talked to Beans in a while. I'll text her, be like, hey, Beans. And she goes, you still have me as that? I'm like, oh, never going to change that. It makes me smile. Right. We haven't talked in a year, but what up, Beans? Uh, here we got going on the show tonight. So uh, do you guys remember uh, Craig Gross? That name ring any bells? No. Mike, stop looking at the screen. You what would I cheat. put him in my phone as? <laughs> uh, uh, porn pastor. Yeah, Craig oh, Porn okay. Pastor. He's the triple X oh. church guy. Oh, right. yes. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, Porn Pastor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> now, was that Porn Pastor uh, church, two, or, know, two yes. or three? Which, which one was that? <laughs> which one are you talking about? Um, so anyway, he uh, there was an article out, uh, what was it, this week, and it says, Triple X church pastor Craig Gross promotes Christian cannabis. It says weed makes it easier to worship. And I thought, what? it's a gag, right? 
it's it's a Babylon B. I thought certain of it. It's it a has gag. to be. It's not a gag. So anyway, you got to dig on this article. <laughs> it's it's super interesting. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll check up on on Craig Gross and his Christian cannabis. I think he's selling. Is what it sounds like. Oh, like he needs an angle to be a drug dealer. And I thought, can't we go without losing one? Can't uh, we? Can't we not lose one? Because like every time it, it, this, it, it, I think we've broached this topic a little bit in the past. But like every time. I feel like we've landed on a guy who can properly call the Christian culture and is and is like helping it to to pull it away from the some of the more negative sinews. Uh, he goes off the rails, like uh, and then he then he starts then then Paul didn't write anything and uh, the Gospels are made up and God is a is a freaking fire somewhere. I'm like, come on, what happened? And Where do so, you buy this Christian cannabis? I, like, no, it's he's in California, Pasadena is where you pick it up. Okay, got it. Anyway, got so it. we're gonna we're gonna go into it. Uh, but I'm I'm disappointed. Do uh, there's there's an element there's an element of here that's probably worthy of discussion, and then there's the rest of it that thinks like it feels like it's it's late night uh, Christian television, like two in the morning. He's on the air in a in a jacket that's oh, completely platened with what, cannabis. What did he say? Babaconda. I thought you said oh by a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, that's something in my chant too. What's what's you happened to the evangelicals? Oh by a Honda. <laughs> I thought the evangelicals drove Chevy like Alpha Americans. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we, we're going to do that article, and then uh, I thought we maybe we'd hit up a quiz. See yeah. if we can if we can do a quiz. We, we kind of rock him though. Hey man, I unless, unless I give you a solid answer, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. do very well unless I, for some reason, have a harebrained thought of I, I'm certain no, that's locusts <laughs> or something like that. It never ends up being locusts. So uh, here's where I, I was I was caught. Like I was these quizzes crossed my mind earlier this week because I've been watching. I've been watching AD, uh, the Bible miniseries on Netflix, right? And like I've avoided this; it's been out for a while. And I thought, man, I don't know. Let's watch it. So me and the lady started watching it, and um, like they were retelling some stories in the Old Testament, you know. And I'm like, I remember that. Hey, man, I, I, am I sure about this? And so it got me thinking about like, man, am I so bad at the Old Testament that I can't even remember like huge storyline plots, you know? And it turns out, like, uh, some of them I flat out forgot, and, and then some of them they've just simply embellished, right? right? Like, you've never seen such a great man as Samson, <laughs> you know? Yeah, According yeah. to a miniseries, this Samson's just a fantastic dude. Left out the whole lion thing and the honeycomb. Right. Left out the fact that, like, <laughs> he's... They, what, what was the th- The thing that got me is, is they said um, there was a group of... Uh, who, was the, who was the opposing? The pal- um, Philistines? The Philistines. So, so Samson had married a Philistine woman. And the the show showed like the guards were coming to get him, and the Philistine woman refused to tell him uh, where where Samson was. So they they filled their house with hay and burned it down. And like that's not exactly how it happened at all, right? And then they left out the fact that like uh, Delilah tried to tie him up like three times, right? Before they they just had him like fall asleep because it was late at night, and then she cut his hair off. <laughs> I'm like, hey man. And then his mom was like weeping. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it, I don't think this really happened. <laughs> Yeah, they ha- they have to TV some of those shows to make it worth a Netflix. But I I, I got to be honest with you though, like if you can look past some of the things, um, watch it watching some of the I, I like the Bible stuff, like and, and and you know I get a little nitpicky on what's in there and what's not, right? But like watching um, some of the things on, on, on a movie media uh, of how like a, a story could have went down or possibly went down. Um, it, there is some, it, there's some helpful things to it, right? Like, yeah. like putting a, a like I watched, uh, is you, anybody seen that, the Paul, the Paul movie with Caviezel No, is it, it good? I, I meant to watch it. Here's the thing. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And, and Caviezel was Luke in the, in the movie. He wasn't like 
Paul. Pa- the Jesus from the Passion of Christ. Was yes. Luke. In the, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, said that name. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, I know Yeah, Kavizel. What's he in my phone at? <laughs> it sounds like something you eat with eat chips. <laughs> chips and Kavizel. <laughs> Pita chips. But it was, it, it really was, it was, it was very good. I thought it was well done. And, and like, it's, it's parts of, of Paul's life that, like, uh, he, he kind of went through a lot of Paul's life, which was obviously steeped in the Bible. And then some of the interactions are exactly how he got the story out, you know. Um, it's not exp- expressly written in the Bible, but it's kind of assumed, right, that Luke went to visit Paul in Rome and, and, and wrote all this stuff down and, and, and whatever. And so, anyway, it was, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it, I thought it did very well. It wasn't overly cheesy. It was, it was, it was really very good, and it kind of got me on a kick of watching some, um, some Jesus things, of, you know, based stuff on Netflix. And so I, I just remember thinking, like, um, some of the conversations uh, that I always find, <laughs> that I, always, I hear wrong in my head, right, when, um, when Paul was being called by Jesus, and he says, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, right? And they always say it's super cheesy in the film, and it always drives yeah. me nuts. You know, there was like, Saul, Saul. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, why would the Lord speak that way? I feel like he's trying to get his attention, you know? And, and, and some of the way, like when, when Jesus was doing um, the Last Supper, the way that he was talking to the disciples, um, the way they did it was way more conversational. It was the exact same words, but it was way more than I. I usually hear it in like this trumped up Bible voice, you know, yeah, and yeah. take context out of it that it was actually a man speaking it. And, and it. it Seeing that helps a little bit, you know, bring the, the, the story and, and, and maybe what was going on a little bit more to life. So there's some value in it apart from it. Maybe straying a little bit from biblical stuff, but uh, most of it's pretty good. I, I found it fairly valuable. I appreciate that. I think you're doing Netflix right because I am most certainly not. I found myself watching a show about five-star restaurants around the world today, and I was currently eating a bag of chips with <laughs> I, was, I was watching stuff about, like, four-star restaurants in Chicago and then, like, this uh, this Buddhist gal that does all stuff in her temple. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, man, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Dip, rah, 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 rah. And then I heard, Boova. 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 Why are you the eating the oleo? <laughs> the oleo. <laughs> hey, man, we went and saw the, the Samson uh, show at Branson a few weeks ago. And, and some of the stuff happens in there. Yeah, we the did Samson it. show? There's a, there's a lightened down whatever theater. It's like a 2,000 seat auditorium thing. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a full blown thing, right? And uh, yeah, we watched it and there's, and, and there's an intermission and, and there were parts of the first half I'm going, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and, and we went to the intermission and I looked up on my, my Bible app and I'm like, crap, that's there. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like really accurate. It was like amazingly accurate. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was, yeah, they, they showed me. I'm, but, asha- yeah, I'm ashamed <laughs> of my Old Testament knowledge. Like I go through there and I hear things Sometimes we even talk about stuff on the show where I'm just, was that a person in the Bible? Like, I don't. I, I need to spend some time in Chronicles or something because I don't remember that at all. So I got I got to read up on. Yeah, we were we were we're in a, in a Bible study and like we had started to do Genesis, Exodus, and we got into Leviticus and like I mean we're bailing left and right. We can't we can't keep the thing written in time. Uh, we we were posting like every couple of days, and now people are like writing it up once a week, if that, because like it's such a slog, and you can't make <laughs> your way through it. And then and then, like I, I was I was I was trying to like, hey man, should we just skip this and move back to to something to a to a different book to try to repick this up? And uh, all the fellows came back and said, hey look man, this is not the book's fault that we can't seem to keep reading and writing. Uh, and frankly, it's it's these are things that we want to be able to know. And so as right. much as this seems like a like a chore here. Uh, let's keep pressing on. And the truth is, is that like you know, if you, as long as you don't fly over it and you start to dig into that some of that stuff, 
it is interesting. It's an interesting in different ways than perhaps you think of uh, James or, or, or something. Um, but we asked the same question when it came upon numbers. We're like, yeah, yeah, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> skipping. Uh, skipping we numbers. <laughs> we're going in. <laughs> we, we're already three books in here. We're not stopping. <laughs> we're going to try to tow this thing out until the... So, uh, uh, you know, Joshua shows up when there's going to be some action. Yeah. Like 150 years ago, I, I had done something. I don't even remember what it was. Someone was kind of upset with me at the church I was at in, in Atlantic. And they, they complained, like, we don't get enough Bible, whatever. It was something. I don't know. And I thought it was for a Sunday school class. And I thought, okay, uh, I'm just going to go through Jeremiah. We're, I'm going to bore them to freaking death. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And, and so I took, like, weeks going through Jeremiah. And I got done with that thing. I thought, man, I haven't learned this much in years. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love the Lord this. has taught me out of spite. <laughs> Total wrong motives. Oh, man, that's awesome. Why'd they have to send that one guy who's so right? <laughs> At least the Lord redeemed it for you in that situation. He's like, hey, hey, man, this ain't a cool premise to do this on, but guess what you're going to learn? You're going to learn. <laughs> we went through the book of Jonah like that, and, like, I mean, Jonah was such a flyover book for me. And, and, and we went through it, and we, I mean, we took some time. <laughs> you know, we went through it, and, and like, Oh man, it just—it was such a uh, the better book for it. Yeah, cool. I, j- uh, yeah. I jokingly yeah. opened up Obadiah the other day just to mess with the kids because they were just like, "Oh, we're gonna learn today." I'm like, "Turn your Bibles to Obadiah." Dug on some minor prophet stuff for a while, <laughs> like they were just like, "This exists." I'm like, "Yeah, man, yeah. who wrote this?" this? Is, like the whole last part of the, <laughs> the, the, the Lord guy. only gave him one page, but he <laughs> used it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Editors threw out the rest. <laughs> right. There's a lot, and it's like this is a small book, and then too many semicolons. The joke, like this will still take us six weeks to go through. I'm like. Yeah, but it's warranted. Yeah. Like, let's go with that. <laughs> Eagles and such. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, man, beat in here. Uh, all right, so Pastor Craig Gross is a fan of weed. He's not quite a heavyweight user like rapper Snoop Dogg or the re- legendary Willie Nelson. Kind of Are you re- was that you saying cute? that or was that red? No, written? it's from the Christian Post. All right, Leonardo, you're not cute. No, no one cares about your... 15 years ago, cultural references. Yeah, to be fair, Leonardo Googled who smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> weed? Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. <laughs> yes. Who's Snoop Lion? Who is, who is, incidentally, have you heard the song with Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson? No. no. Yeah, they did a combo combo song about weed. Of course they did. <laughs> hey, maybe this guy is more right on than we give it to him. Yeah, then. I mean, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. No, no, no. All right, but he does confess to having developed a comfortable relationship with the psychoactive drug he testifies as taking him has taken him to higher levels of worship. Mm-hmm. He says, I went to Coachella and saw one of my favorite artists that I've ever seen, and I used marijuana before seeing him. It was amazing, Gross tells the Christian Post. I've never lifted my hands in a worship service ever because I was raised Baptist. I've done that in my bathroom, worshiping with marijuana by myself. And see, again, I'm reading paragraph two, and I'm like, it's a gag. It's right, a gag. Be a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's not a gag. Often recognized as the founder of Triple X Church in Pasadena, California, a ministry that empowers individuals break free from their pornography addictions, Gross has embarked on a new controversial mission to sell and promote marijuana for Christians through a new venture called Christian Cannabis. As public perception continues to shift on the demonized plant, he celebrates as a gift from God that was created on day three. Gross, that's in his quotes. Gross wants to bring Christian weed users out of the shadows and challenge churches to have frank conversations about marijuana. Frankly, yeah, okay, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a recent poll by the Pew Research Center found that 62% of Americans, including 74% of millennials, support legalizing marijuana. Ten states and Washington, D.C. have now legalized it for recreation use for adults older than 21, while 33 states have legalized medical marijuana. 
Michigan is the latest state to legalize it for recreational purposes, while Utah and Missouri voted to legalize medical marijuana in last year's. Uh, Gross describes himself as among the untold number of Christians who first turned to marijuana for medicinal relief. He says after consulting more than 20 specialists, participating in multiple scans and tests, and trying numerous prescription drugs to ease a chronic migraine problem, he was finally able to experience relief with marijuana in 2013. Marijuana remains illegal at the federal level. But here's, here's at its core. See, here's the thing. Is I, this guy, I think the guy wrote the article so that I would think, you know, um, this is a far more reasonable conversation to me uh, from a med- medical marijuana perspective. Like uh, when you talk about drugs like, uh, like, like your average opioid or fentanyl or something that they will give you in a, in a hospital for pain relief that is crazy addictive. Um, right. If you're talking about medicinal marijuana, I think there's a room to have that a reasonable conversation Absolutely. around it. I agree with that. Um, CBD oil, can incredibly, so yeah. Different there's a way to think about it, right? right? Um, <laughs> but but this is not quite the same thing. He says uh, it's in the wake of the shifting and complex cultural and political landscape that Gross believes churches to start having deeper conversations on marijuana, and he hopes Christian cannabis can help drive them. He says, the audience that I'm talking to is in states outside of California, like Michigan, where we're now getting recreational. They don't know what to think. They're going, I don't know. I don't know enough. This is wrong for so many years. Now it's right. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel. On April 20th, Gross launched Christian Cannabis at the Coachella Music Festival, um, known for its cultural significance as Christians around the world observed Easter. He launched it at Coachella? Yeah. Uh, both marijuana smokers and non-smokers recognize April 20th or 420 as a national holiday for cannabis culture. He says, I live in California. I've gone to Coachella for the last three years. It dawned on me when it was 420 and it was Easter weekend. I was going to launch this later. I was going to think about it, overthink it. And I was just like, this seems like the perfect weekend, 420 and Easter. It's... I don't... Here's the deal. You want to talk about Christians on how to talk about medicinal marijuana? I get it. That like we just we just agree that seems reasonable. This I smoked weed and praised in my bathroom. Right. I, I have a weed now booth. My hands. There, there at Coachella. Legit, yeah, what the heck happened? There's a legitimate way to have this conversation. This is a joke. This is just, it's ridiculous. If you want to to involve drugs in your worship, what? You want to know how to worship God and really have those moments? Understand who He is. Get who He is and get where, he is and why you're ascribing worth. If you don't understand how to worship, you need to get yourself right in that. There have been times when, yeah, I don't raise my hands and I don't, I don't really feel it. But the moments when I feel in tune with where God's at, whether I'm, I'm, I'm right in my walk, in that place where I'm happy spot, have a whole. That's when worship happens. That's when I raise my hands, or that's when I start jumping around and dancing. It's, I just take a quaalude. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how how cheapening is that to your with God that you're now involving psychoactive drugs in it so that you can enhance the Christian's worship experience. Maybe you should enhance your, your congregation's experience with God on rather than try and push for weed well, in the I, situation. I, and it was like the, like the miniseries I was watching that said when Jesus stood up and he says, no one gets to the Father except through me and Sticky Leaf. <laughs> And that's how it's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, me and Sublime had a great day today, so now I'm going to be able to, to, to worship God. Like, that's, that's cheapening I, that's, to what worship is Because most of what we do does cheapen worship. I mean, Ooh, a fog well, I, machine, I can't worship without a fog right? machine. Or right. laser lights. I need an LCD panel wall. I mean. Right, like, I, I can't listen to, to anything that came out more than five years ago 
because it's not contemporary yeah. worship for me, and it's not cool enough. Yeah, yeah. What a joke. Like, if you understand worship, go read a couple psalms and understand where David was coming from. He was either weeping or jumping around. That's worship. I mean, so, so that's a good point. Dan makes a good point is as we think about um, it, it does put into a greater leaf relief. <laughs> <laughs> Roll that one up. <laughs> It might, might give Dan some points. 420, <laughs> Easter. <laughs> Good job. Dan gets 10. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, it, it does bring into greater relief the concept of, like, we wouldn't say manipulation into worship. Like, you wouldn't say that. But to a certain extent, that is what, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, now, I, is there a way to, like, say um, you're trying to set a mood? That's, like... It's still manipulation of some sort, but it's intentional. Like you're, right. you're you're doing it. Like you're agreeing that this is the space in which we're entering worship. Um, would would people take this the same way if some guy showed up and said, "Hey, listen, um, biblically we say that you can in- ingest alcohol, right?" I find it easier to worship when I'm a little tuned up. When I'm a little tuned up on alcohol, half in the bag, not all the way in the bag, but half in the bag. I just find it easier. I like feel an airline uh, bottle. I feel yeah. less yeah. less anxious. I, I took a couple shooters of Fireball before church, and now I feel better. Right. So so if, if if I would say if I would say that, do we feel like that has any legs to stand on? Because the fact that it's weed that you're talking about does not matter to me in the least. If you said the same thing about soda, which is legal, that you feel like you gotta get all jacked right. up on soda to come in and worship and then you're just bouncing off the walls, that's still dumb. Right? When right. you say okay. when God says I, cr- I made you out of dust, I created you in my own image to reflect me in this world, right? I created you to be able to worship me, and you go, yeah, but I could do it better if I had blank. Well, then I think you're mistaken. That, that can't be right. You, I think you have to be fundamentally misunderstanding, A, what worship is, and, and, and B, what your connection with God is, right? Yeah, it right. was never through anything else. It was only through the Son, Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And so anything to have to add or addition to that is, is it's a, it's foolishness. Now, if you want to take, if, if they say they pass recreational weed in Michigan and Christians go, is this okay for me? Well, here's the deal. If it's legal, yeah. the, the Bible's not against plants, right? And so, like, if it causes you to make poor decisions or numb your life out, I think you might be cheapening your life. I think you might be looking at something differently, right, where we can say, look, alcohol used in responsible ways is perfectly acceptable, right. right? I feel the same way about marijuana, but right now in most parts of the country, it's illegal. Right. So you, as part of a reasonable Christian citizen who lives under the occupation of an American government at your state, city, and federal level, you respect the laws. That's right. what we do. If it's, if it's not illegal anymore, then I, I actually don't, I'm not really sure what you're struggling with. Right, that unless you're gonna unless you're gonna take in you know the max limit plus some and act like a fool, you could have done that with alcohol. You could have done that with soda. You could have done that with prescription medicine. You could have done that with with sodium. Right, you could have done that right. with everything. And like, uh, it, it's just a weird conversation to be having to act like weed is special here. Weed is actually not the special thing that we're talking. It's about. It's just a hot topic. The hot topic of the moment is is, is, is pastor in California. Astronomically, we're from uh, blown up out of proportion to where hey, let's let's get high and let's. This is a, an aid to worship. Can you imagine where the Lord says, "Look, uh, I know I designed you to do great things, but that time that you worshipped me in the bathroom, all tuned up on the weed, I love that part. 
That was my favorite. You got a lot done for the kingdom that day. Paul, where he's dying and making tents and getting beat on, what a waste of a yeah, life. Like where you could have just been tuned up in the bathroom. Paul could have been hanging out, you, you get, worshiping me on his own. You get That's a few helpful. drinks into a wedding, you're better at dancing. You should do that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and what, look at all those guys. They were so right. right. Your Uncle Ted was ripping the dance floor. Right? Do you see those moves? Yeah. I wish you could do those moves for me. I mean, this is the thing. You're fooling yourself into thinking that you're connected with God. Right. It's not even you. You're not. You know you're not thinking right. That's why you do blank altering surface uh, substances, right? It's mind altering because you're not in your right mind anymore. You're doing <laughs> weird things, right? Stuff that that doesn't have the the same train of thought or the same building blocks that you did when a person wasn't all tuned up on weird stuff, yeah. right? It's it's out. It's it's anything, right? Like I, I I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it like well, Christians are conservative and terrible, and they're all tuned up against weed or whatever. Not actually true. Right. What we're tuned up against is things that take you out of your right mind and right heart the way that God designed you. God designed you to worship him exactly how you are without needing additives. Yeah, I guarantee you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee you. You take a couple hits of acid and then go to a sweet Christian music festival, you're going to feel a lot more in tune with the Christian music festival regardless of what they're saying. It's going to be pretty sweet. You're going to feel like there's some Revelation-style stuff happening on the stage. I'm sure it feels great, but does that mean you're a proponent for dropping acid and going to church and feeling really close to the pastor? Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's why everybody that thinks the music from the 70s was the best. They were high in the 70s. <laughs> no, that's true. Everything sounded better. Yeah. How many deadheads are there still? And the same thing why people listen to house music at, at dance clubs. <laughs> that stuff is terrible. I mean, there's a few good ones, but like, but it's you the can same four lines of music yeah, that, for twenty five minutes. Can, they can listen to the same and dance to the same tune roughly for six hours, oh. and they're like, "Yeah, the, the the tunes were hot." I'm like, "No, you no, were you were, just you were drunk, your mind. yeah, and you didn't notice the difference." Right. <laughs> you know, it's the same beat as polka, right? It's just. <laughs> It's, Mike, I, re I, I really need you to come downtown sometime and spin some sweet polka tunes. This is polka, you hipster. Listen to it. Boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick. Polka and house music are the exact same thing. They just jacked up would, the bass and turned on blue lights. I would love to see Mike go to the German house scene with polka music. It's the same music. It's, it's not different. The guy with the horn sits this one out. That's all that's changing here. It's the exact same tune. It's the bass man and the drummer still. Same guys, same band. They just tuned every the tuba man's out. And otherwise, same exact music. Oh, it's a cheap version of polka. Mike, Mike in, is in on house is the same as polka. Gross says even though his faith has been questioned by some because of his relationship with weed. Why is he... I, here's the deal. I don't think the guy who's writing this article is helping. No. Like, he's amping up some stuff like his relationship with weed. Yeah. I, I don't, like, this it's is my relationship. your eye and make more readers. That's all this is. Right. I don't have a relationship with Coca-Cola. <laughs> I or, mean, I do. Or, like, sixlets. <laughs> <laughs> Except for I hate I, the small I, packages. I would love to see you go to, an, like, a non-narcotics anonymous meeting and say, oh, man, me and the sixlets. Here's the oh, thing. The been ones been with only week. six in them are the same amount of work to open the ones that have the 20 in them. You know, but they're way less satisfying. When you get the little ones from, like, uh, Trick or Treat, and you have yeah. to tear open the end, and there's only six sixlets what, in there. What is a sixlet? It's those little tiny candy, uh, chocolate-covered balls that come in, like... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 When you, you, oh, they're in a long tube, so when you, oh, you open them yeah, midway yeah. with your teeth and just yeah. yank yeah. them in. And then yeah, they're my yeah. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. Right. Hey, man, I could totally dig on a relationship with sixlets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm the worst person in this room to have that conversation, but I'm just saying. I mean, that's like Craig. He says, uh, even though his faith has been questioned because of his relationship with weed, uh, he remains committed to Christianity. He says, I've been a Christian my whole life, and I still carry that title. 
And I'm not going to abandon that name yet like a lot of my friends have. I'm not just trying to make this relevant either, but Christians need to talk about these things. This today feels like 2002, like Triple X Church did. Putting three X's in front of the word church is similar to putting the word Christian in front of cannabis. It's the dumbest thing. I've thought about this for so long. Everyone hates the name, <laughs> but I need it to be so clear and so direct. It means Christians talking about cannabis. It doesn't mean we have to better, um, we have better holy spiritual weed than you do. There's not such a thing. So I thought, let's just have fun with it and call it what it is because this will hone in on the conversation for our market. Our market is Christians that love the Lord, he said. And that will buy weed from him. Right. So suddenly he's less credible in the triple X church thing. That's what I'm saying. I That's... can go in there and it doesn't even bother me. No, not at all. I can just tell them about Jesus and looking at their boobs. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah he's suddenly, he's just. Yeah, oh, gone it. A part of Christian cannabis is a plan still being ironed out to offer Christians in an introductory line of marijuana products on the website. This, that's what broke, breaks it right there. Now, if, if he said, hey, I called it Christian cannabis because people are Googling that stuff and I want this to come up. And I want to be able to facilitate a, 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 a more out front conversation like we did with the porn on, on mm-hmm. Triple X Church. Um, and, 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 and we recognize that there are nuances here. There's, there's a right discussion on medicinal marijuana. There's a, there's, maybe there's tandem discussions on things like out permissibility of alcohol versus permissibility of marijuana. If you want to, we do need to talk about those types of things so that we don't let a secular world answer the questions on our behalf. He's done a really great. He's like he's done a lot of really cool things with that Triple X Church and and the information that they're providing. It's super helpful. So if he says, "Hey, we we need to have that conversation. I'm going to go about doing that." Okay, like that seems totally reasonable to me. A line of uh, Christian cannabis products. Uh, he says because we think people just might stand to benefit from it, and because we wish we'd have had the options like these when we were flying blind as newbies. Trying to figure out what would be more helpful than harmful in a forbidden world chock full of strange names but slim to none on information. Stay tuned for our upcoming line of introductory cannabis products for your specific integrative healing and wellness needs. Oh, got it. It seems uh, so crappy. I, I, I say we start selling, I don't know, Christian cocaine. It's probably a higher profit margin, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it brings we, in the wrong element. If we cut it with uh, <laughs> borax or something. I don't know. Cut. I mean, I, I really don't with, do the drug thing. We're really having so this conversation. To, Cut it with borax. I mean, uh, me and Dan are just uh, spitballing here. <laughs> Mesopotamian myth. I sure hope so. <laughs> what you say? Mesopotamian myth. I'm just trying to. I'm just thinking outside the box. Oh, These are some options, Dan. <laughs> is I that, mean, is, is, uh, let me ask you this, because uh, I would the way that he's talking about weed and cannabis as it as it, as it is a major discussion that it really needs to be talked about. And all I can think of in the back of my head is actually what, what all that needs to be talked about is Jesus. And I feel yeah. like you're like Jesus plus this. Like we have other stuff to deal with, right? And and that is true because if you would have told me, I can't say the same thing about the Triple X Church thing. I feel like it was, it is something that needs to be talked about, and it is a problem, and we need to be able to address it of 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 getting people out of um, their addiction to pornography, and and it's a it's a legit thing that affects our culture way more than it probably did in the past, right? And so I actually don't see weed as 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 being that same level, yeah. right? Like. I don't know. No one has ever considered it an epidemic. It's just a bleh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a gray I mean, line of nothingness. So, I mean, here's my guess, right? Is that he starts using it, and he finds that it's helpful medically. Um, and then, like, this it's, it's, it's happened to people, right? You run into a situation, and then you, all, you, you suddenly determine that the rest of the world is suffering from whatever realization that you hadn't had previous to this point, and then it's your job to fix that particular And so he says, uh, now he's taking it three steps farther than just saying, hey, 
Here's, here, we need to have honest conversations when we think about medical marijuana because the traditional church position uh, tends to be the conservative political one, which says, look, we, no, we're just not, we're not doing this. We're not going to entertain this. Um, and I, I do think that's a blind position. I think it's not reasoned. It's not, uh, we've not spent time actually talking about it. We're just like, well, it was illegal, so it's bad. Uh, I mean, there, there's all kinds of things that, like, um, the government may take an action that, as, as Christianity, we don't have to necessarily agree with. It's, it's right for a reasonable conversation. But, like, he is so, like, he's cartoonized it. Like, it's not a reasonable conversation anymore. Um, and, and, like, if he was trying to, to have a legitimate conversation, you can't sell crap. You can't be the guy selling it. Yeah, because then it becomes, you are, you are legitimizing, making the conversation legitimate and trying to make it an issue so that you can then get profit. That's right. You look like a huckster. Like, and I, I, here's the deal. The moral high ground, the moral high ground costs you something. It costs you the ability to be in business doing that. Sorry. That's what it costs you. You're traveling elixir. Yeah. You, if you want to propagate the benefits of elixir because at its core it's super helpful, then you have to do it as an as a unbiased third party. can't be the guy hawking it. And so this doesn't, doesn't smell like a, a guy who's, who, who's like so dis, like just trying to have a good conversation. That's what he's saying. But like if you're selling product... I'm out. I'm out with that. I just don't trust it. And here's the you have to know the perception of Christianity and pastors and people looking for any way to discount this conversation, and you've just invited them in. You're, 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 this is blindness. It's just it's flat-out blindness. Even if it's the right conversation, this is the wrong way to have it. He says, uh, responding to concerns that some Christians see the mind-altering nature of cannabis as something that would defile the body spiritually, Gross argues that if used by responsible adults, this should not be an issue. The third day, God created the plants before he created us. This was created before us, for us. Yes, it can be abused. Yes, it can be taken the wrong way. Do I think a kid should use this? No. There have been so much, so much studies on that, on the underdeveloped mind. I'm talking about legal, responsible adults, he asserts, noting that it should be treated in the same manner as alcohol. I, I can't imagine if you would have presented this man with the same argument for pornography. Five years ago, he wouldn't have recognized the gap in what he These are consenting adults. These are uh, adults right. that are taking this, this pornography in. It's not illegal. Uh, they're, they're trying to use it wisely. Yes, you can get a dick to it, but if you just use it to spice up your sex life, maybe it's all right. No, it's true. He's making the exact same argument. It is. It's the exact same argument. Hmm. As a matter of fact, with a lot of the, the scientific studies that Triple that X Church has brought out about the, the, the way that pornography reorients your mind, I mean, that's this. This yeah. is what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is him providing a safe porn site. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Certified non-sex wow, yeah. slaves. That's right. I mean, you know, all, all the yeah, stuff. They want to be here. They know what's going on. Yeah, right, no one's. Exactly. There's no Everyone's dirty consenting, stuff. consenting, so it's That's fine. right. It's Ethically sourced pornography. Ethically sourced, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he says... Uh, Not some, playing that game, buddy. Gross says he now uses uh, probably uh, marijuana probably three to four times a week. Some of the things I needed marijuana for early on, I don't need it for anymore. I've learned how to do that. Some <laughs> persons are like... At least I don't think. <laughs> Some persons are like, Craig needs weed to pray. That's not what I said. I said it slows my mind down. That doesn't make a to-do list that makes it easier to pray. I've practiced those things and have had incredible encounters with the Lord with no drugs associated, he says. Uh, he don't set the, Now, here's the thing. There's a reality to this, right? There is a reality to like uh, the way that our lives are, are set up. It is often difficult to pray. I, it's it's uh it's not uh, I was gonna. That's say, why it's called a discipline. Yeah, you have to, cha- <laughs> you got to change the things. Yeah. Dan right? comes in with a left hook. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> like you can't. So I can co- I can try to cover it up for a while, yeah. right? 
just like just like caffeine. It's the same right. things like hey hey I don't get enough sleep so I take all the caffeine. Or I could I could I need to reorient my life and get the proper amount of sleep. You know what's funny? There's a lot of meth users that say that they use meth because it helps them keep their life organized. Yes. Uh, I, I personally know people who were addicted to meth for years. It never ruined their life the way that certain people ruined. Guess what they, it, they did on it? Clean their house. They got their house clean. They, they would smoke meth, clean their house, and then be done. Yeah. It, it's still meth. Just clean your freaking house. Like, uh, it, right. it, it's, it's exactly that. It is, you just need to learn how to do this without, without aid, and you don't want to, and you found a way to do it without it. Yeah. And so now we're advocates for that. Yeah, yeah, I, and I get that this this starts to get murky when you're talking about when you think of it as medicine, when you think of it as ways. Because, like, I mean, there are people that that are taking medication for types of things, uh-huh. like right. Um, and again, I, that 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 is a I think that's a world of of nuance, and I think there is um, it takes takes caution and wisdom in those areas for Christians to understand, like. Um, is this the right thing to be doing too much? Because, like, ultimately, everything is altering your body in one form or another. Right strength, the right frequency. Right. Am I taking it for the right reasons? Like, I, I, those aren't even easy conversations. There's a lot to know and think about in that. But like, it's just he's just blown two steps past it. Uh, he says uh, he notes that the way people consume marijuana in 2019 has evolved beyond the stereotypical image of the pothead. I don't smoke anything with a match with a light. I don't have any drug paraphernalia at my house. I have some mints, some edibles. I have a certain kind of pen that doesn't even have... I'm not the guy rolling a joint in the bath with my kids there, he says. Yeah, you just told a story that you were the guy in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, there's a very appropriate kinds of ways that this stuff is dispensed and shared today that is like, like, oh, there goes Craig lighting up today. I mean, is this a matter that it's discreet? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, is that can, the thing? He's absolutely right. There are, there are so many different ways that, that, that science within the last four years changed the way that you can ingest marijuana, the way that it, we've gotten down to, like I said earlier, you've got CBD oil that comes in a vape pen. You can barely tell that it's any different than vaping for, for getting rid of nicotine. It's the edibles. It's the mints. There's all kinds of ways, but that doesn't change the core problem. And I'm, I'm an advocate for those kind of things. Well, not advocate. I'm not against those kind of things. It makes sense to have that kind of stuff. And there are, like you said, medical reasons to do this. There are people in my life who have done this, that medical things have, have been fixed with this. Mm-hmm. But... You're going further. You're exactly right. You're, you're, you're two steps past that. You're, you're no longer fighting for the, the ability to, to destigmatize what marijuana is in the community. You're fighting for much further than that and trying to, to ascribe different things to it that don't need. Uh, while Gross believes that too much of anything can't be good for anyone, he struggled to put a cap on what would qualify as marijuana abuse. I don't think we can make Blake... Uh, <clears throat> As blatant statements, I think he means blanket statements, or do, um, or do they do any good to say that guy smokes too much? I don't know why he is smoking, or I don't know what's abuse, what's recreational, and what's medicinal. What does that mean? That sounds like a pothead. What does it all mean? Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, recreation, hey, the chips. <laughs> the term means <laughs> what you do when you're not working. I do this to work. I do this to relax. I've had the best, most creative years of my life since I've used marijuana here. You know that ought to be pretty luxurious because if I smoke weed, I can't drive a forklift. And then I get fired. Right? Like, you and the rest of the world gets to sit back and be creative on your couch. We need people to drive semis and yeah, move boxes. When you're an interior designer, I'm sure it's great to just smoke up a little bit and then say, wow, I think that color goes great with that. Yeah. Where's you're, the- you're absolutely right. Look at blue color. There's not, a, there's not a plumber that gets blasted out of his mind and goes and fixes an elementary yeah, school. Yeah, I plumb better. <laughs> 
I mean, here's here's the here's the deal, friend. You're missing most of your working man audience. Like people that have to go to work every day, they do drug testing there, and and be, and for a reason, right? Because you can't be all tornadoed out yeah, when you're trying to move a a, a pallet full yeah. of rock around, right. you know. And you get to be at your house just loving the creativity of life and writing these sweet <laughs> sermons and making websites. Yeah. Not everybody's a poet. And there's Tommy the gardener that's like, I can't be smoking weed all day. I gotta move stuff. <laughs> I gotta drive. He says, you can talk to my wife and my kids who say Craig's a better human being because of this. There's a different awakening that kind of happens. He's so much more mellow. Oh. So oh. I'm not going to be one to judge like you should get stoned and eat pizza all day long. As someone who, okay, here's going to round it out. As someone who championed the conversation on porn in churches for 18 years, Gross believes the church should try to stay ahead of the conversation on marijuana. Because I've been spent 18 years championing a conversation about porn inside the local church. There are some very early adapters to that. Craig Rochelle being one of them, Willow Creek, Rob Bell being the first. What's followed is thousands of churches. Three weeks ago in the middle of nowhere, Texas, for the very first time in the history of the church, brought in me in to cover the topic of porn. I kind of laughed with the pastors at lunch. Took you guys long enough, Gross recalls. My end goal with Christian Cannabis is that it shouldn't take me 18 years to see these kinds of conversations with this topic. We'll be way too late if we wait 18 years. Time is now. Start this conversation. It's going to be legal where you have a church and people in your church are going to have questions. His concern is people aren't smoking enough. Yeah, and who the, goes to their pastor to talk to them about pot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's not even worried that that couldn't do it or whatever. He's worried they're not doing enough. Yeah. We, we better get the pot in the hands of people quick. Yeah, Dan, I'm never going to come to you and say, "Hey, man, can we talk about about weed in the church and see yeah, what that looks like?" I'd be pretty ignorant. I'm honest. That's true. I'm he's honest. never like you know. I I, don't, I mean, what was part of the stuff he was saying is like, I don't want to say who smokes too much or. Whatever. I mean, but he didn't make anything about the people who smoke too little. What about everyone else who doesn't actually think we need to have the pot? Right. If you don't smoke enough, I have a coupon right here. Yeah. And then he says, look, I think, <laughs> yeah. you, should, I think you should try it. I think you should buy the stuff. I think it's better for you. I'm a better human being. Just ask my family. Yeah. Ask my kids. Uh, <laughs> I do the mints. Uh, so the, so there, there are some, a few comments here. Let me just read this one uh, and see what this is the rebuttal. To, uh, there's a, uh, people coming and saying, I think, similar things to how we're saying it. Uh, although I, there are some traditional, um, like ultra conservative responses to this that I think don't don't allow for at least any kind of grace right. <laughs> in the attempt. Uh, but uh, Kamal F. Junior Woods says, "Man, please, y'all want to talk about marijuana, but half y'all super holy selves on this thread are addicted to caffeine, cigarettes, bad eating, etc. What y'all going to do? Talk about how the Bible says that our bodies are a temple, yet y'all put a ga- grain of sodium, artificial sugar, dairy, and seven in them." Y'all put opioids and medications that are doing more harm than good in y'all body. Cannabis is a natural treatment for chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and other conditions. However, you've lost, uh, let society brainwash y'all and condition y'all's mind to believe that marijuana is bad or a gate- gateway drug. It probably is easier to worship on weed as you're more relaxed. Why don't y'all somewhat worship while juiced upon caffeine from Starbucks before church and nicotine from that smoke right before church? Remember, you can't tell me about a speck in my eye when there's a beam in yours. Yeah, I think he's right about that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think we can, um, yeah, yep, there's, there's a truth to Like I that. said, marijuana is not even the conversation. That's not the part of the things he's saying that's offensive. He's saying Jesus plus, right? That's the problem. That's the whole, the whole conversation with me. The problem is you're saying that, like, let's talk about what our Christian experience is, and, and weed should be up on the top thing we should be talking about. We should have more conversations about how weed fits into our Christian experience. And I go, I mean, whether it fits into your experience or whether it don't, I, it's actually not in my top 15 things I'd like to talk to people about. If I had a podium to talk to people, it would not be about weed. 
and Jesus as a combo. I mean, it just it just wouldn't, right? I mean, I just <laughs> that's the thing. It's it's the pairing the two together. Like, do we need to have a weed conversation? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's what we think it is, right? And <laughs> like like we've said multiple times, I think there's benefits here. I think God put it on the planet for something to use, and I think there's probably good things to do with it. Um, I don't know that it's it should be a huge thing. When you go to church and you keep and all you can think of is like, man, this would be better with weed. Think you're missing out on right. God. I think you're missing the, what's going on here, right? You're missing the creator and, and, and for the creation. And, th- and that's, that's too bad. I, th- I, just, I think you're cheapening it for you. I think mm-hmm. you're missing out on your version of God, and you need to be mind-altered to understand God. I think you probably missed him. You know, all, think- all the things he's saying, I can say the same thing for when we do 24-7 prayer rooms. I worship better. I'm more relaxed. Oh, right. Yeah, along yeah, yeah. with. Yep. That's true. When you set aside yeah. time uh, to, to pray every morning yeah. and you do it over and over and over again for a year, I guarantee you will be relaxed and yeah. ready for that prayer time, and you will meet Jesus on a closer level. That's true. There's a million ways to get to the things that you're saying. You're trying to take the fast train. Get the stimulant. Yeah, That's well, right. yeah and, and actually, it, it gives people the means to say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling in my spiritual life. Well, have you tried marijuana? <laughs> Right, like, like it becomes, oh, hey, I'm more relaxed and I worship better. Oh, hey, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. Like, think of all the, like, these are core things that people struggle with. And, like, if this is on the list of things that you're going to talk about as potential ways to solve these problems, like, you're going to cover it up. You're not going to actually end up solving problems. You're going to find a way for a guy to kind of bake himself out for the next 60 years. And, and how not dangerous know the is that when he's the go-to guy for guys who are struggling with porn? Yeah. And they're coming to him saying, man, I'm really struggling. I really need help. And he's like, well, here. Take some of this. Yeah, you won't want to do nothing. You'll be a, you won't even get up to go to the computer because you'll gonna be work so excited about himself. the yeah. food you're going to hang around and uh, eat. That's dis- that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: it's like there is there, and, and maybe it's been lost over whatever time. But there is a there is a reason for refinement, right? There's a reason for for refining with fire. There's a reason that there, there's benefits to going through hard things. To get to this thing, right? Like, because you went, because it, when you bend, when you take a piece of metal and bend it into a U, and if you do it without heating it up first, it creates a weak spot right in the middle, right? If you do it with fire and then bend it nice and slow, then it's, it's still the same strength that it was in its original shape, but now it's a U. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, basically what they're, they're, they're bending it. They're bending it right in the middle. We're saying, here, you, you can either be refined through spiritual disciplines and practice and getting to, to know the Lord over years, or why don't you just skip it and take this mind-altering substance, and wham, you'll be right there. It won't be true. It won't be anything that you can lean back on. It won't be anything that will support you, but you'll have gotten there. And, like, I mean, that's the way we do almost anything anymore. So it's half the, half the way that we raise our kids through school. Which I, I suppose it takes us back to, like, scripturally, right? Like, uh, if, I, if character is produced through um, perseverance... And uh, I, I don't ever get a, get the uh, experience of persevering. Um, no wonder I've now don't have a developed character, right? Yeah. Because like I, I, there's nothing to lean, lean back on. Like there's just there's things that just take like you have to go through them. And like again, I, you can easily misconstrue the conversation. Um, it doesn't mean that you cannot engage in medicine at all. Uh, like, but I think the, the but the, again, that's not really what he's talking about. I think that's a reasonable discussion. That's not what he's saying. That's like, hey, to improve, not just to like um to balance some uh situations that are occurring in my life to set it back to equilibrium. Uh I think we need to crank this thing up two notches 
and really engage with the Spirit on this thing. Granted, uh, uh, none of the disciples, uh, as far as we know, hit the Panama Red. Uh, and so they seem to have a relationship with Jesus just fine without the, and worship without having to, uh, you know, to light a bowl on it. But, like, I... I think that's they don't like the bowls, Ben. They're mints. Oh, sorry. They're edible, edible mints. It's lighting the bowl that actually Christians are against. If you take it as a mint, that's better. Yeah. Right. It's the delivery method that we're against. <laughs> it's a testament. <laughs> that's right. It's dumb. Don't roll it, bake it, and then we're fine. Nice Man, he, like I said, you're right. Like At the end of the day, he did take a very reasonable conversation. There are parts of Christianity, probably large parts of Christianity, that have put this red hat devil thing on marijuana and i think it's misplaced I, I i really do i just just i think it it can do a lot more good than we than we think that it can do but to to put it up next to put it to put it up next to christianity as as it's part of the holiness train you've missed it it's just a thing it's creation it's not creator it's just creation all right you've been listening live from the path hey uh you got any thoughts on that let us know hit up the complaint line that's uh 515-517-0085 you can shoot us a, a text uh, or just leave us a message, 515-517-0085. Uh, what do you think? Has he gone, uh, uh, Craig Gross, gone gone too far with this thing? Or uh, are we being kind of prudish about uh, how Christians should engage in, in marijuana? And are you enjoying the show on it now? Uh, that would be interesting to know. How many people only enjoy Life from the Path with a couple of mints? <laughs> it would be interesting to know how many people enjoy Life from the Path. Uh, a second thought, yes. All right. Uh, all right, let's let's get this quiz. Let's get this, uh, speaking of which. This perhaps this is apropos. Uh, the category for uh, for this week is dreamers. Hey, you're listening <laughs> live from the path. Uh, hey, sorry, uh, you you may not. By the time I get this cut up, you may not know the difference. Uh, but we uh, we had some technical difficulties, and so I mean, Booba apparently is aware. Is that it? No, 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 no. Yeah, were you were you expecting a long like angry? Statement? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel I, about? I mean, this? I'm perturbed. I'm angry. Okay, we were doing a quiz. Uh, all right, dream. Oh yeah, that's right. I was in an Abimelech story. Why did God say to Abimelech in a dream that he was about to die? Uh, the options were because he had raped his sister Tamar, because he had chosen Sarah to be his wife, and she was married to Abraham, because his wife and his female slaves were barren, because he had taken possession of a well that belonged to Abraham. And we said it was number two because he had chosen Sarah to be his wife, and she was married to Abraham. Long story short, uh, the the name of Abimelech is a combination of Abba or Abi, which is dad, father, and then Melech means king. So his dad named him My Dad is King. <laughs> oh, nice. Daddy King. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Uh, number two, in the first dream that Joseph had, what did he see? One, the stars and the moon. Two, a plague of locusts. Three, sheaths of wheat. Four, angels ascending and descending a stairway. Wasn't it the wheat the first time? Either, I thought it I think was the, the stars were the first next. time. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. All together. Buva, what do you think? I think I know this is going to be like. I was going to choose the opposite. Because it was right. like a I think smaller it's, thing, I think and it's then it went the, more the magnificent. Wheat. Yeah, I got to be honest. I spaced out thinking of the name Molek. Does that mean <laughs> he's king of the Moes? <laughs> no, it's, it's an Mo- underground thing. It's not. No, it's, it's Molek. Molek is the Molek is king. Molek. No, it wasn't Molek a god. Yeah, yeah. So Ek is the king. No, no, Malek is the king. You're saying it wrong. You're saying it wrong just to screw with me. Three. What did the three branches represent in the dream that Joseph interpreted for Pharaoh's cupbearer? Days, vineyards, nations, birthdays. Days, isn't it? Days, yeah, that's when he gets to be, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's back in. Or wait, was that the guy that was out? 
That's the guy that's back in. The baker's out. Yeah, baker's out. Yeah. Uh, four, what did King Solomon ask God for when God appeared to him in a dream and told him to ask what he would? Mercy, understanding, righteousness, wealth. Understanding. understanding. Five, who say... Who say? Who say? <laughs> who saith to unto thee? Who, yeah, who say, I had a dream, I had a dream. Sluggards. <laughs> Sluggards, dreamers, prophets of God who prophesy in his name, prophets who tell lies in the name of the Lord. Prophets who tell lies in the name of the Lord. And says, if you say, I had a dream, I had a dream, you are a prophet who tell lies in the name of the Lord. Terrible question. Wasn't, that the, uh, wasn't that the prophet dudes for Hezekiah? Who was the... Who was the king that, that he was king when the Babylonians took over? Yeah. That was Hezekiah, right? Yeah. And wasn't there some group of dudes that like, the Lord says we'll get through this? And then <laughs> and then Jeremiah, who was the prophet at the time? Was it Jeremiah? Yeah, Jeremiah, weeping prophet. Yeah. No, no. He's like, no, oh, man, yeah, like, give oh, yeah, up yeah, now. <laughs> give up now and turn yourself over to Babylonians. <laughs> and those other idiots are like, no, we'll make it through, no problem. Go ahead, Ben. All right, we're going to keep that one. Six, what did Gideon do when he had heard the interpretation of the dream? One, he dressed himself in sackcloth and ashes. Two, he hid in the wine press. Three, he went to speak to the king of the Midianites. Four, he worshipped and returned to the camp of Israel. Worship, isn't it? Uh, I got no idea. Nothing. I'm with Buva. Heard the interpretation. Is, is this talking about like him him meeting the army, angel of the Lord? Or the, yeah, 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 yeah. I say he wine worshipped press, and went back to the camp. Actually, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, okay, let's go with he worshipped and returned to the camp. Me and Bova are going to put a, a side as wine press is the answer. There's five shekels on the, on the wine press? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number seven, who, shekels. who did Job say will fly away like a dream and not be found? His friends, the wicked, the righteous, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham in trouble. <laughs> is that a good dream or a bad say, dream, I'm, friend? It's, it's between his friends and his wife. I think it's his friends. It's not his yeah. wife. It has to be his friends, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he said mean things about his wife. No, no, his wife just said some stuff to him. Probably should have. Yeah. Yeah. Curse God and die, yeah, Joe. Yeah, just leave God. I'm a weak man. I He's obviously like left you. Yeah, friends. Eight. When God would not answer King Saul either by dreams, Urim, or prophets, where did he go to consult a medium? Hebron, Gilgal, Endor, Aphek. Did you it's, say Endor? It's Endor. It's the Witch yeah, of Endor. It's the Witch of Endor. Yep. Oh, I'm, st- I'm Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old man. <What? laughs> Sorry, I was thinking that was first Moon Endor. Moon Endor. I was like, ah. <laughs> nope, nope. That's uh, that's legit Bible. <laughs> that's Star Wars. Number nine. Is it on May fourth? Obi Wan Kenobi also had insight into all visions and dreams. Yes, he did. <laughs> Daniel also had insight into all visions and dreams. And what were the other skills that he and his three friends had? One, knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom, prophecy and telling of the future, pastoring and priesthood. They could run through troops and leap over walls. <laughs> They're like Super Mario. It sounds like it's like, oh, what is this, the X-Men? This is awesome. I love it. Uh, fun. Knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom. I think it was that. It's not the prophecy and telling the future? I don't, That's what I was thinking. Didn't he do the, the dream with the statue right, and like say, look, you're seven? Yeah, but it said what other skills that he and his three friends had. So was that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. Uh... I'm thinking prophesying. No. Dan says literature. <laughs> I don't know. Boo was firm, and then he's... Tested. <laughs> Have I ever looked I said, I, No, I never said firm. I said I'm thinking. <laughs> Specifically chose that word. All right, we're going to go with Dan's confidence here. Okay. Uh, number 10, what was the name of the... What, hold on. On the ad over to the side here, there's, this, there's a link for clean Christian jokes. 
Hold on, are you clicking on that? Oh man, they're in buckets. Amish jokes. Animals jokes. Lawyers jokes. Okay, here we go. Uh pilots jokes. This is great. Uh oh man, I gotta click on Oh, this they not... just found his new favorite website. One day at a busy airport, the passengers on a commercial airliner are seated, waiting for the cockpit crew to show up so they can get underway. The pilot and co-pilot finally appear in the rear of the plane and begin walking up to the cockpit through the center aisle. Both appear to be blind. The pilot is using a white cane, bumping into passengers right and left as he stumbles down the aisle. And the co-pilot is using a guide dog. Both have their eyes covered with huge sunglasses. At first, the passengers do not react, semicolon, thinking that it must be some sort of practical joke. However, after a few minutes, the engine starts spooling up the, and the airplane starts moving down the runway. The passengers look at each other with some ease, uneasiness, whispering among themselves and looking desperately to the flight attendants for reassurance. Then the airplane starts accelerating rapidly and people begin panicking. Some passengers are praying and as the plane gets closer and closer to the end of the runway, the voices are becoming more and more hysterical. Finally, when the airplane has less than 20 feet of runway left, there is a sudden change in the pitch of the shouts as everyone screams at once. And at the very last moment, the airplane lifts off and is airborne. Up in the cockpit, the co-pilot breathes a sigh of relief and turns to the captain. You know, one of these days, the passengers aren't going to scream, and we are going to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) Why is that a Christian joke? I don't know. Hey, man, it's, seriously, it's run by the same guy who put these quizzes to you. Okay, hold on, one more. <laughs> this one's called Chicken Test, under the clean pilot jokes for, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, it seems the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration has a unique device for testing the strength of windshields on airplanes. The device is a gun that launches a dead chicken at a plane's windshield at approximately the speed the plane flies. The theory is that if the windshield doesn't crack from the carcass impact, it'll survive a real collision with a bird during flight. It seems the British were very interested in this and wanted to test a windshield on a brand new speedy locomotive they're developing. They borrowed the FAA's chicken launcher, loaded the chicken, and fired. The ballistic chicken shattered the windshield, went through the engineer's chair, broke an instrument panel, and embedded itself in the back wall of the engine cab. The British were stunned and asked the FAA to recheck the test to see if everything was done correctly. The FAA reviewed the test thoroughly and had one recommendation. Use a thawed chicken. <laughs> Okay, you know what? <laughs> Booking. Bookmarking that. Yeah. Bookmark. <laughs> yes, I Lord will. Led us to oh, that no. one. <laughs> All right, number 10. Relief <laughs> has been had. What was the name of the king for whom Daniel interpreted a dream where the king had seen a great image? Artaxerxes, Belteshazzar, Hezekiah, and Nebuchadnezzar. 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 Okay, here we go. Let's see what we got here. These quizzes have ruined my confidence. Oh, it's looking good. Question one, why did God say to Abimelech uh, in a dream that he was about to die? Because he had, We said because he had chosen Sarah to be his wife and she was married to Abraham, and that is correct. Question two, in the first dream that Joseph had, what did he see? We said sheath wheat. Uh, that is correct. Question three, what did the three branches represent in the dream that Joseph interpreted for the Pharaoh's cupbearer? We said days, and that is correct. Yes. Question, uh-oh. Question four, what did King Solomon ask God for when God appeared to him in a dream and told him to ask what he would? We said understanding, and that was correct. Question five, who say, I had a dream, I had a dream? We said, prophets who tell lies in the name of the Lord, and that is correct. Question six, what did Gideon do when he heard the interpretation of the dream? We said he worshipped and returned to the camp of Israel. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Number seven, who did Job say will fly away like a dream and not be found? We said it was his friends. That is incorrect. Oh. The correct answer is the wicked. Um, the wicked. 
See Job 24 through 8. Uh, question 8. When God would not answer King Saul either by dreams, Urim, or prophets, where did he go to console the medium? We said Endor. I don't, I don't understand how they don't answer. Is this, isn't it the Urim? That's not the same as the Unum and the Thunum. Or is that the same the Urim? Urim and the Thunum? I, I don't know what you're saying. It, isn't it like the 12 the chest, stones the breastplate or whatever? Stones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hold on. So what what was the Urim? Because like ones cool. are the stones. Like you have to get an answer. Yeah. Uh. But but the ones on the 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 breastplate that would like shine or something, and and I suppose that that could maybe not have an answer. Huh? Maybe not that the. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to look it up. Let's hold on. Spoke about height under divine choice. In this way, the judgment of the Urim, the light. May have been given. Such authentication would have been placed in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it could be theorized that a perfect light that miraculously shone from the gems constituting the Urim and Thunum, Thumum, sorry, which belonged to God, gave the needed authentication to the actual answer spoken by the high priest. Um, but that's not the same as that's not the the Urim is not the lot casting. Ah, I'm off, okay. I gotta go back and look. Um, Let's see. When God would not answer King Saul either by dreams or prophets, we said indoor. That was right. Knowledge is. Oh yeah. What was the name of the king from uh, for whom Daniel interpreted a dream where the king had seen a great image? We said Nebuchadnezzar, and that is correct. So we had ninety percent. Uh, the quiz has been taken almost twenty five thousand times since two thousand four, and the average score for this quiz is seventy two percent. All right. We're making some headway. Taking names. Yeah. 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 This thing's about over. Wicked people. They got us. Okay, all right, hold on. Hold on. This joke is called the three parachutes. I was going to say, you're going to make that joke. <laughs> okay, one more. Uh, a Nobel Prize winner, an old pastor, and a Boy Scout were flying across the Atlantic when the pilot came bursting through the door and announced, we've lost both engines, and there are only three parachutes on the plane. I only received my pilot's license last month, and I still have to serve a lot of people. I simply have to live. With that, he grabbed a parachute and jumped. The Nobel Prize winner said... Just last week, I received the prize for being the smartest man on earth. I have a lot of work to do for mankind. Sorry, I also have to live. He grabbed a parachute and jumped. The pastor turned to the boy and said, Son, I have lived a long life. I have put my faith in what Jesus has done for me, and I know for certain that when I die, I will go to heaven. You are young and have your whole life ahead of you. You take the last parachute and jump. Not to worry, sir, the boy replied. There's still two shoots left. The smartest man in the world just jumped with my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> These jokes are great. <laughs> okay, we're in good shape here. All right, Mike, you got uh, you got got one. Dear, live from the path. I think a person in my life quotes Janine as kleptomania. I've seen her take things from my house, and I know she steals clothing from stores, as evidenced by the security clips still on them. A friend witnessed witnessed her take boxes of donuts from my wedding. In my hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Hold. On. Never mind. I'll finish it out. <laughs> Imagine imagine this high-end country wedding went to donuts. When my friend confronted her about it, Janine said that she deserved them. She even took my husband's glasses and then, a year later, set them on the kitchen counter next to her purse. She has other sporadic behaviors as well. Like his reading glasses? I don't know. Okay. I'm struggling to understanding about this kleptomania, knowing that it's a mental illness. I don't want to lose my personal belongings or my relationships. We're no longer comfortable having Janine in our home. I'm reluctant to talk to her about it because she can become combative and defensive. Mm -hmm. Is it socially acceptable to bring up this behavior with our mutual friends, or should we keep our mouth shut? What? With your mutual friends? 
Like the one like who's stealing from you? Like everybody talks about Janine behind her back? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about her? <laughs> and not talk to her? This is the wildest letter ever. <laughs> this is great. Let's deal with things in order. <laughs> <Real> <laughs> order. Janine was seen stealing the donuts from the wedding. Okay. So... Have you ever, first question, Dan, you've done a lot of weddings. You ever been to a wedding where they were serving donuts? I, I can't think of a single donut <laughs> wedding. <laughs> this is fantastic. I've been to like five, guys. You've been to five donut Not weddings? Not kidding, yes. Was that like the main thing? No, it's just like it's a wall that has pegs on it and people put donuts on the pegs. Really? Like what? no joke, this is a thing. And like they do this at corporate events now, they do it at weddings, they do it at uh, proms, all kinds of stuff. Wait, but what is the connotation with the donuts and the pegs? It's just... There's, there's, it's just it's a just wall of donuts? donuts. Yeah, Look, yeah a absolutely. Stick. It's just should, another thing to take. We should hang a donut on there. Yeah, we should. Wait a minute. I'm, I, I, I'm not making this up. But, it's legitimately everywhere. So the caterers hang the donuts and you grab yeah, one. Yeah, so, so they put out these. It's just like it's a, it's a structure that has a bunch of wooden pegs on it. And you place donuts on the pegs and you come and take a donut off the wall. You assume they mean reception, right? Like there's not donuts at the wedding? Yeah, this is a reception. Okay. This and these, like, are, in do- these are in food, boxes. There's food tables. And then donuts. No, so donut. So Buva's got donuts on a peg. This woman, let's assume it's the peg wall. She's got in a box, <laughs> taking donuts off, off the, the wall. wall as if she was shopping, <laughs> and then left with it. And Man, said, I, "I deserve these. <laughs> I deserve these." I deserve that was these. number two. I hey, you shouldn't steal those donuts. <laughs> I've earned them. I've, I've earned I've these eat, donuts, fellas. I've eaten a lot of donuts. I'm going to be blatantly honest uh-huh. with you. Never once have I said to myself, I earned these. I, I deserve <laughs> this. I deserve this. Is, this. I was made for this. This and is then owed down to me. It's never once happened. There Due is the di- following items, donuts shall be the, the recompense. <laughs> <laughs> there is a debt in the world, and this is how it is to be repaid to me. A restoring balance. Okay, okay so moving on. So she, she uh, a- accusation number one, she's a donut thief. Accusation number two, she has stolen the man's... Glasses, like his glasses, for a year. I'm assuming. Yeah, and kept for a year, them for a and year. then put them next to her purse. So she stole them and then showed up a year later with them, and then went, "Yeah, these are mine," and then set them on the counter next to her purse. Yeah, you know how like you got a shirt for Christmas and you think I'm going over to Sally's house. I should put on that shirt she got me, so she thinks I wear them. <laughs> you think that's how she thought about those glasses? I think I think she took them and like does not even have the wherewithal to go. Oh, whoops! I stole them from here. Maybe I should not act like they are mine. I love the fact that it started with we've seen her steal stuff from our house. Yeah. Why didn't they just, hey, man, put my put my husband's glasses back? Right. Even yeah. if it's, yeah, if, if it's a medical condi- or a mental condition, that's fine. Don't steal stuff. If I have a mental condition that means I'm going to punch you in the face every time I see you, what are they you're do- not just going to go, oh, it's rude to mention that Booba hits me in the face every time I see him. Right. You just talk about him behind his back. Right. Can we, yeah. yeah. Booba just straight jaw jacked me the other day. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, is kleptomania like a serious mental illness and we treat it with, with medicine? I don't know. Or jail time? Either one. I was going to say, maybe both. Hospital for the criminally insane? I, I guess. I, this is where people's tiptoeing around things has gone too far. Okay, hold on. Uh, kleptomania is the recurrent inability to resist urges to steal items that you generally don't really need and that usually have little value. I wonder that this, is not true for donuts. I was going to say, I, they have a lot of value. I wonder if this gal's not actually like been diagnosed as a kleptomaniac. She just like stealing stuff, says this. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. It's a type of impulse control disorder, a disorder that's characterized by problems with emotional, behavioral self and control. If you have an impulse control disorder, you have difficulty resisting the temptation or drive to perform an act that's excessive or harmful to you or someone else. There's no cure or treatment with medication or psychotherapy may help to end the cycle of compulsive stealing. 
Um, unlike typical shoplifters, people with kleptomania don't compulsively steal for personal gain on a dare or for revenge or out of rebellion. They steal simply because the urge is so powerful that they can't resist it. Because they deserve it. They deserve the item. Deserve it. That's was, not kleptomania. This. Yeah, no, I bet this chick just likes to steal stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the stolen items are usually stashed away, never to be used. Items may also be donated, given away to family or friends, or even secretly returned to the place from which they were stolen. Okay. That's probably what was going on. How'd like, she okay. return the donuts? This is me admitting something. Like, when I was younger, when I was in high school, I, I, I would never call it kleptomania, but, like, I took salt and pepper shakers. Like, from, from like, diners and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, I had a cabinet, or I, it wasn't in my house, because my mom and dad would have been like, hey, man, why do we have 90 salt and pepper shakers? Oh, uh, right, yeah. Like, there was, a fa- like, a, a mutual friend's household that, like, their parents were cool with it. They thought it was funny. <laughs> but they had a cabinet that was full of salt and pepper shakers. And I would just take them for no reason. And a, a bathroom signs. The employees must wash hands before returning to work. Take them off the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> or take restroom signs off the walls. Now, I don't think that was kleptomania. I think I was just being an idiot when I was 15. Yeah, right. Uh, but, like, that's, that's a cle- I would never call that kleptomania. Yeah. I, uh, you just steal stuff. You're a collector. No, you're a thief. <laughs> I mean, that's one Mike is going to put you in his phone as Janine Thief. Yeah. Janine Thief. Salt Thief. Janine Theft. Hey, so interesting, <laughs> and, maybe, wife. and perhaps this um, <laughs> perhaps this points us in the right direction. It says if you suspect a close friend or family member may have kleptomania, gently raise your concerns with your loved one, or casually talk about them behind their back. Keep well, in at mind least that's medical. Keep in their mind that kleptomania is a mental health condition, not a character flaw. So approach your loved one without blame or uh, accusation. Uh. I, okay, here's the thing, though: is even if it's true, I'm not inviting you over to my house. Like we're right. gonna meet on neutral yeah, ground. We're going to Applebee's. Yep. You steal their stuff. Take the salt and pepper take, from there. No, take the knickknacks off the wall. Applebee's has too much stuff on the walls. Yeah, I mean, why don't we have dinner at your place, Mr. Stick of Fingers? Yeah, right. Then I can go and pick up the stuff you already took from me. Yeah. Hey, that'd be a fun little uh, little uh, ritual there. It's like, hey, steal stuff from my house, and then go back to your place, and I'll take it back. <laughs> we'll just trade weeks, and I'll pick it back up. That's Sounds not, great. That's we should not keep bad. this relationship alive. By the way, that's my shirt. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. It's like, if you're not as concerned about being wronged, let's say it's legit kleptomania. They have an actual thing. And there's not much they can do about it. She's tried the medication. It just ain't working. She just steals things, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, you could really make this a lot funner than you're making it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can have fun with this. Like, I mean, you stuff, could. Yeah. Be, your life's goal is to hang out with this person, look at the stuff they steal, steal it back from them, and then turn it, return it where it came from. Hey, I left a horse mask on the fridge the other day. What's going on? Where's it at? Yeah, think of it as like a grab bag of fun, right? You never know exactly what you're going to pilfer. Definitely have fun with that. And then take it back. And, like, if, if, if you think, honestly, that the brow beating ain't going to help or a come-to-Jesus meeting ain't going to do it and it's, she's just got this thing, then steal it back from her. It'll be fun. <laughs> Same deal with, like, if you have a compulsive liar in your life, they are, like, choose-your-own-adventure stories come to life. Yeah. You just goad them in. <laughs> to, like, if they're just going to dig on it, it's like, hey, man, I heard you went to a concert last night knowing full well they did not go to a concert. They're going to tell you a story that's sweet. It's like, was that Rob Zombie and Corn? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Best concert I've ever been to. No, no. I <laughs> jumped off the stage. Yeah, jumped off the stage. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. They involved Johnny Mathis and just had his body up there. <laughs> and Dolly Parton was singing behind a wall it as if she crazy. was the embalmed Donny, Johnny Mathis. <laughs> it's like um, the great Wizard of Oz. It was insane. So, uh, so, so I think our advice here is, so no, it's not it's, to the question. No, you do not have permission to talk behind the back of this person. Uh, just talk to them. I mean, it sounds like like you probably need to approach it. Like, if you think they actually have a medical condition, you need to po- approach it with some uh, level-headedness. Um, but but no, it's not doing them any any benefit to avoid talking about it. Right. 
Um, and it is not helpful to anyone for you to open up the gossip chain and start to and start gossiping about it without actually dealing with the person either. So just talk to them about it. And if you see them take a, you know, they pickpocket on your napkin holder, you say, hey, uh, you accidentally grabbed my napkin holder. No, I did it intentionally. Either way, please leave it. I yeah. deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I deserve this. No, I'm afraid you do not. <laughs> okay, Secular says, if you are sure that Janine has kleptomania, it would be a kindness to caution your mutual friends about it so they can protect their belongings. I would certainly want to know if I were inviting her to my home. Hmm. That's I mean, it. You have to be careful, but... but because I kind of went through my mind too. It's like ah, you might want to say hey, but not make it a. You got to really be careful. You're not. Yeah, you're not just taking the, the time to dog on her when Janine's she's not gonna around. Janine's going to take your piggy bank. Don't really worry about it. Just keep it. Yeah. Keep it safe. Yeah, just clear your stuff out. I mean, it's the same thing is true with when you have you have a friend that's an ex-alcoholic, right? Right. Before they come over, you clear your stuff out or whatever, hide your booze, and don't make it a deal for them, right? And so, like the same's going to be true for kleptomania woman. Try to try to get her quarantined to a room a room or two. And make sure your grandma's wedding ring ain't in there, you know? Yeah. You didn't need all those donuts anyway. Calm down. Yeah. All right, you've been listening to Life in the Path. We appreciate you hanging on with us. Uh, maybe you disagree with it. Maybe you are a kleptomaniac and you prefer to be treated differently. Uh, or you have other insights or thoughts on the show. Shoot us a, a text or a voice message, 515-517-085. That's the Life in the Path complaint line. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we will see you next week. And uh, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Life in the Path. Over serious tank Cadillac and wore a cigar on his lip. Modell wears a suit and tie. Saw him driving down the 61 in early July. Wide as a cotton, feeling sharp as a knife. I heard him howling as he passed me.